Alan, uh, like to give a little announcement for our listeners who are Johnny on the spots and listening to this as it comes out. Okay. We'd like to make sure that people know. It's not a funeral, Rob. <laughs> Pick it up a little. That <laughs> on Saturday, May 19th, uh, 2018 at 4.30 Eastern time. Coveted 4.30 time slot. Oh, nothing better than a 4.30 time slot, uh, otherwise known as Judge Judy time. Um, we're going to be doing a live interrupted story as a part of the um, live stream for the Cure podcasting telethon. Uh, you can find out more by going to Twitter at Livestream for the Cure or hashtag Livestream for the Cure or I believe LivestreamfortheCure.com. Um, and you'll see the total schedule and all the different cool podcasts that are participating. Like I said, we'll be doing a live read. I'll be reading a story. Alan will be trying to mess me up. Every donation you give will actually twist the story in some weird little way. So uh, I hope that some people can be a part of it and uh, join us then. So one more time, Saturday, May 19th. 4.30 Eastern Time. Uh, now enough of us trying to do good things and raising money for cancer. Alan, hit the theme. I want to reiterate, not raising money for cancer, Rob. Damn it. It's time. Time for a thrilling story of romance. Adventure. Mystery. Anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale. Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to the show that usually ends. It's another episode of Interrupted Tales, the show where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As per usual, <laughs> I have with me my friend Rob. Rob? Yes, Alan. Try to be presentable. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me put uh, put some pants on. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, you oh you want me to be comfortable? Okay, I'll go back to my normal uh, recording attire. Okay. <laughs> all right. Tonight we have a story from the pages of Adventure Magazine, July, nineteen twenty one, entitled "High Explosives." By Jesse O. Whitehead and William E. Smith. Both totally plausible actual names. They got they got together after the the long history of feuds between the Whitehead and Smith families. <laughs> to go down in history, you know, it's Rogers and Hammerstein, Lerner and Loeb, Whitehead and Smith. These are all amazing storytellers. Couldn't find a damn thing about them on the internet. <laughs> Not sure they actually existed. Well, let's see what they got. Why don't you just uh, grab a drink and sit back in your favorite chair while we read you this week's tale. A shooter, as perhaps you know, is a familiar figure in the oil regions. Yes, if there are two things that go great together, it's highly combustible petroleum and sharpshooting. <laughs> okay, now toss that, that barrel crude up in the air. <laughs> 
His duties are to administer tonics to unhealthy oil wells, which show signs of getting tired of furnishing oil and are beginning to show symptoms of decreased production. Well, uh, here you go, Mr. Well. Uh, take two fracks and call me in the morning. The tonic consists of a liberal dose of nitroglycerin, carefully lowered down the throat of an ailing well, after which everyone leaves the potential danger zone except the shooter. This led to his other common nickname, Stumpy. Oof. Mm. His duty remains to be did, and he does it with the nonchalance of a boy absorbing stolen watermelon. That's right. Spitting the whole time. This is the real reason everyone leaves whenever he arrives. Absorbing stolen watermelon. Just, just chowing down on stolen watermelon nonchalantly. Like boys who steal things do. Yeah, that's, that's the very definition of nonchalance. <laughs> do, 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 just going to crack open the stolen watermelon. Yeah. He goes over to the mouth of the well, carrying with him an iron weight, carefully spits about a pint of tobacco juice at the best target offering itself, drops the weight down the well, and beats a hasty but orderly retreat. It's a lot like Ding Dong Ditch, but instead of ringing a doorbell and running, you take a really, really stupid job, spit on some high explosives, and hope to hell you don't trip on your way out. Well, I mean, well, see. <laughs> oh, well. According to the law of falling bodies, a weight dropping several thousand feet and landing upon a quantity of explosives possessing the unstable characteristics of nitroglycerin is bound to cause something to happen. Now, that's just basic science, Alan. Something's bound to happen. Isn't that MIT's motto? Mm, Carnegie Mellon, I think. <laughs> Lesser school, but still pretty good. Good robots. It's great, great robots. Yeah, yeah. Not MIT robots, but great robots. <laughs> solid, solid robots. But what happens has nothing to do with the shooter. He has shot the well. It's up to Mother Nature, or whoever controls the destinies of oil wells, to do the rest. It's just like the United Steelworkers Union says. Shooters don't kill people. The destinies of oil wells do. An oil well shot J.R. Ewing? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it was the alternate take. <laughs> Who controls the destinies of oil wells now, J.R.? <laughs> we do. The oil wells. Just gushing with pride. Oh. <laughs> so he climbs upon his wagon, generally a rickety-looking affair, with plenty of springs to provide for easy riding. Or uneasy riding, if he's token on a number and digging on the radio. <laughs> well, his friends know the easy rider. It's just the wagon goes up and down. You know what I'm saying with the springs? <laughs> you understand, right? I got you. Starts his horse, and with a red flag flapping over the load of latent destruction, moves on to the next job. Which is ironically delivering curative health tonics to the elderly in identical-looking crates and bottles. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's when you get to Medicare Part D. I mean, <laughs> A and B, pretty good. C, I don't know. D, uh, could be a bottle of nitroglycerin. I don't yep. know. Speed does not interest him. No, they get their kicks from champagne. Sometimes a misguided shooter attempts a burst of speed, which generally results in a burst of noise and a large hole in the roadway, no material being available even for burial purposes. Yeah, it's sad. They, 
They usually just have to bottle up the tobacco spit up to Barry. Yeah, yeah, and then you're... It's such a tough decision. Where would he like his tobacco spit to be poured out, you know? I want mine poured out in Disneyland, right in uh, Space Mountain. Just Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Or it might just be in the dirt behind my house. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's. I think you would have wanted it either way, probably. <laughs> Therefore, shooters seldom break the speed laws. They find that speed is not conducive to long life and therefore take their time. Their motto, do you want it done right or do you want it done now? And by done right, I mean whenever the hell I sober up and get there. Furthermore, a shooter is king of the road. Ah, so they're men of means by no means. Is that, is that all we got? No, we got uh, rooms to let 50 cents. Okay. What else is available? Um, I believe uh, we've got trailers for sale or rent. Okay. Um, rooms to let 50 cents. Mm -hmm. What are the conditions under which I could stay in that room, Rob? <laughs> um, it involves... Uh, oh, gosh, no pools, no pets. Oh, no pools, no pets. Not allowed. And uh, what are we always lacking? Ain't got no cigarettes. Travelers breathe lightly as they pass him. And even the most blatant automobile. Such as the Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> rolls by with an air of meekness, which would bring joy to the soul of the harassed city pedestrian were he there to witness it. This is the problem of Western oil country, Alan. I keep saying not enough public transportation or crosswalks. <laughs> so when one crisp, cool morning in late springtime, two members of Colorado State Constabulary Force, uh, this occurred before the 31st of July. Mm -hmm. the, the 31st of July. Yeah, the famous 31st of July. Budweiser's thirsty first of July. I've got I've got research. I've got research on the 31st of July if you really want to know. <clears throat> when Colorado was a parched and dreary desert, while her sister state of Wyoming to the north was the nearest available oasis. In Wyoming, they refer to the day after it as the thirst of August. And boy do they love Josh and each other about it. Of course, Wyoming had legal alcohol, so they laughed a lot more about it. Um, the thirst. The thirsty first was when prohibition, wartime prohibition, kicked in in Colorado. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saw a ramshackle old wagon, drawn by horse and keeping therewith, and caught the crimson flash of a red flag. One of them remarked to his companion. Here comes the shooter. I can tell how long he's been working by counting the limbs. Negative three. <laughs> to which the other replied, Yep, looks like old Bill Thompson. I can tell by the way he leans over to spit. He, he puts his head completely between his legs and spits upward into what? his shirt. It's weird. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of an act. <laughs> you can spot him from a distance. You're right, agreed the other. He's just about due along here on his regular trip. 
and the approaching shooter, catching sight of the two officers, spouted a stream of tobacco juice at the nearest wheel hub, already stained a rich brown from many similar libations. You see, Alan, the, the shooter is an artist. Spit is his medium, and big holes and wheels his canvas. I gotta be honest, I didn't know saliva was gonna play such a big part in a story called High Explosives. Oh, oh well then, strap on your socks, because uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a lot more. And remarked to Spot, a wicked-looking, dingy gray bulldog who occupied the other half of the seat, Feller can't get no more without running into a bunch of some kind of cops. She's sure getting to be a of a country. Well, a what of a country? Flat-footed? Flat-footed Bake. country. Bacon-ish? <laughs> uh, I don't hold truck with everybody going crazy about bacon, but it's becoming a hell of a bacon country. I, I sure don't know what's going on. At which remark, Spot, wiggled an abbreviated tail by way of concurrence with his master's statement. Spot knew to wag carefully. Let's just say that before he got involved in the nitro trade, he had a long, luscious tail. Really? Is this all about the dismemberment of people in pursuit of a poor career? No, there are dogs and horses, too. Okay, all right. So old Bill slowly moved down the road from Cheyenne to Denver a road which had been the scene of more than one wild race between whiskey runners and members of the state constabulary. Races which more often than not ended in wrecked cars and killed and wounded men. It's like Cannibal Run, only with okay. Prohibition-era hooch at the end instead of big prizes and Dom DeLuise. Oh, huh. Wait, so it's actually pretty much Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. Um, how many per Reynolds films involve driving somewhere quickly? Uh... Was he in Mother Jugs and Speed? He played Mother Jugs. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to talk about Mother anymore, to be honest. <laughs> Actually, yes, <laughs> you're right. For a quarter of a mile or more behind the shooter hung a cloud of dust, kicked up by the shuffling feet of the horse. And the entire outfit, horse, wagon, driver, and dog, was heavily sprinkled with a layer of this same dust. Grayish brown and as fine as talcum powder. Gritty and brown, like my grandfather Jose. He was gritty and brown. Okay. <laughs> it's just it's not it's just reality. I don't know. Are you going to post a picture or something? I mean, uh... <laughs> he was dapper. <laughs> Bill himself was a weather beaten looking individual with a scraggly, brass colored mustache and a week's growth of beard nearly the color of copper. They called him the Ginger Shooter, which, coincidentally, is the name of my favorite half-price shot at the Long Dragon on Thursday nights. No, okay. Listen, you're not going to be mayor of the Long Dragon, okay? I don't care. It, nobody's into Foursquare anymore. It doesn't matter. You're never going to get it. It's, it's going to come back, Alan, just like Vine. It's going to nope. come back. Nope. Shrewd, steely blue eyes, bright and restless peered from beneath the battered old felt hat. The color of his clothing was indistinguishable beneath the all-enveloping coating of dust. Well, it was probably black or white, because wasn't everything black or white back then? Unless photography and film have lied to me all this time. No, it was a fabulous day, and when uh, they shot Wizard of Oz, um, and the wizard made color appear in the entire Earth, one universe. <laughs> so 
This is not Earth one oh. What? This is Earth Zero, I hate to tell you. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh what's Rebecca Gayhart? Is she are we married in this universe? <laughs> She's on Earth Two. Oh god. Damn. Got all your Earths mixed up. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh. I'm waiting for the next Avengers to clear it all up. <laughs> As he drew abreast of the two officers, he stopped the horse and straightened up. Hello, boys. He greeted them. How's the booze business running this morning? It was pretty good, amigo. How's the being a dusty asshole business this morning? All right. Foster Brooks in it. <laughs> nice. The two officers arose from the running board of their automobile, upon which they had been sitting, and approached Bill. The long, resting-around arm of the law. They wait for crime. Patiently. <laughs> It's like a desk job, but uh, it's just your desk goes two to three miles an hour. And it's a gigantic car. <laughs> Hello, Bill, responded one of them. Where are you bound for this morning? Homeward, where my thoughts escaping. Heading south, briefly answered Bill, removing his hat and using it to beat some of the dust from his clothing. Careful, with a beating bill, there's nitro around. Jeez. What are you fellas doing here? He continued. You ain't expecting some little booze runner to come along and give you a drink, are you? Well, you know what? That'd be damn cur courteous for once. We usually have to arrest them and then pilfer the hooch. That would be much easier. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> I love to hooch on the job. And it's so rare that I get to hooch on the job. He grinned at them. You never can tell, Bill, answered the older of the two. You know, they do come along once in a while. Of course, as long as they know how to play and drop a nickel or two on the way, who's going to notice, wink, wink? Huh? I saw some feller in a fliver just burning up the road heading for Cheyenne, said Bill. And I was coming along back there a ways. Say, Morgan, we must have threw an awful scare into that old boy said one of the officers, and they both laughed. <laughs> Wait, did they shoot someone? <laughs> well, I mean, the scare could have been the um, the bullet or the smoke from the gun or uh, it landing on flesh. I, it's hard to tell. <laughs> How was that? asked Bill, leaning forward. Uh, me and Johnson was just getting breakfast. I mean working. Working hard at being cops. Oh, who am I kidding? We don't do anything, and that was our second breakfast. <laughs> Stated Morgan. That all at once, some guy in a fliver came drifting down the road as fast as he could turn a wheel. We figured on stopping him, but he saw us first, and he turned over so quick that he nearly went clear over. It was hilarious. Not as funny as if he had flipped over and spilled his brains all over the highway, but still... A solid giggle. It made me watch. <laughs> made me forget all about the other news. <laughs> yes, added Johnson. When I hopped into our old bus there and tried to start her, the bleeding motor backfired, and I guess, well, by the way that bird slid around the bend in the road, he thought we was shooting at him. He was still traveling on high when he passed me, stated Bill. He drove that poor little fliver till its tongue was hanging out. Nice. It was the dog car from Dumb and Dumber. 
Are we just going to allow them to say Fliver uh, for the whole story here? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think this might be the last Fliver, actually. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess the time for Fliver jokes is past. Sorry, guys. Too bad, said Morgan. Yeah, ain't it, agreed Bill. Well, boys, I guess I better be rolling on. I can't afford to waste my valuable time talking to common cops. Oh, that Bill. He's a rascal with a dry wit, but once you get to know him, you'll learn, well, what a hateful, bitter man he really is. You won't get that chance, because I'm not giving you my valuable time. <laughs> and he gathered up the reins and picked up his whip, preparatory to setting his ancient steed in motion. When anybody comes along with a load like you, Gary, stated Johnson, we ain't sorry to see him go. I mean, we like to watch you come down the road, but we love to watch you leave, oh, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yes, I, I mean, we like it when you get the hell away from us. Yes, we would appreciate that. We don't like explosives. <laughs> you wouldn't be interested in a sample of my line of goods, I suppose, questioned Bill, and a wide grin showed a set of tobacco-stained teeth. Oh, Alan, is it getting hot in here? Covered in dust? Chaw-stained teeth? I'm feeling high explosives in my heart. Who are you, Kristen Bell? No, sir, vehemently replied Morgan. And besides, we ain't gonna be a bit lonesome when we see you going down the road. Nope, we got each other, walking hand in hand as only lovers can. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, helps fill the time. You fellows ain't very polite, but I never saw a cop that was, Bill retorted. Just say the word, boys, and I'll toss out a little. Never mind, Bill, was the hasty interruption. We wouldn't bother you that much. We can't take nothing, Bill. Last time we took free nitro cases, I damn near lost my badge and three toes. Yeah, okay. The two hastily backed away. All right, sighed Bill. But you've hurt my feelings, and I'm, I'm going to leave you all by yourselves. Oh, Bill, the passive-aggressive explosive expert. Well, I guess I'll blow up this building unless you don't want me to, building. Oh, come on now, Bill. I thought we had an agreement, you know. Can't you just, uh... Well, if I have to, okay. Well, no, I didn't know we don't want you to blow up the building, right? Wait, is this reverse psychology? What's going on? I don't know. I've got this cart full of nitro. I can put it in the building. Hey, I think we're clear on what you'd like to do, Bill. Okay. And Bill finally persuaded the horse to wake up and move on. So long, boys, he called over his shoulder as he moved off. I guess this will be about my last trip for a while. I'm two days away from retirement. I think the nitro might be leaking, but I in no way see how that or anything else, like this festering sore on my toe, could in any way impede my dreams of a gentle retirement. Oh, well, the end of Social Security might hit him pretty hard. <laughs> it's not going to be easy. Good luck, Bill, returned Morgan, and Johnson added. Be careful to go around the rocks, Bill. Ah. <laughs> They do have fun. Go around the rocks. It's funny because he'd die. This is like wages of fear without all the tension. <laughs> but it's got the tangerine dream score. <laughs> We've got that playing in the background, right? 
Oh, I'm talking about the original run. Oh, I'm talking about Sorcerer. Sorry. Sorry. Big big Roy Scheider booster here. Yeah. Ever since Sequest. (laughs) (laughs) He did some other work too, but... When he got his back catalog, you're like, I've never heard of this movie. Jows. Jows. I think it's actually a prequel to Sequest. You know, it's how he learned to enjoy the water, and then he becomes the sea captain. Adios, sombres, returned Bill. Uh, I feel like he's been saying this for a good four or five chapters now. Oh, he takes his time getting out of there. Get up, y'all, hey, Burner, he remarked to the horse. And with a fleck of his whip, and the horse, which had almost stopped again, once more got under away with a great churning up of dust. Well, he's some character, ain't he? said Morgan, watching Bill's progress down the road. Yep, the kind of character even the USA Network wouldn't welcome. He certainly has a lot of personality traits written, uh, writ large. (laughs) He's dirty. He hates cops. You got it. He sure is. And I guess he makes money shooting wells, too said Johnson thoughtfully, but I wouldn't have that man's job for a dollar a minute. You and me both, agreed Morgan. That's one outdoor sport that ain't right healthy. Like exhibition shirling. Did you remember the kids in the hall bit? The oh. Guys, the guys who tie themselves together around a spinning cobra? Okay, yes I do. Thus they dismissed Bill from their thoughts, and for the next half hour were busy about their car, making some minor adjustments and repairs. So busy, in fact, that only when Morgan happened to straighten up for a moment and idly look around, did he notice the big black touring car, which had crept down the road toward them, and was now barely a hundred feet away. Ooh, ghost car. Now things get interesting. He's going to be looking in the rear view mirror of his nitroglycerin wagon and the <laughs> big black car is going to be flashing the lights and then and then he realizes no it wasn't the big black car that was chasing him down no it was trying to warn him about the nitroglycerin in the back of his <laughs> wagon <laughs> oh, love it The two men in the car, seeing they were observed and noting the officer's automobile by the roadside, immediately speeded up, and the car shot by in a perfect storm of dust and smoke. Ooh, whoever these guys are, they are clearly criminal masterminds. Alan, take notes for our next big bootlegging run. Do you mean uh, loading up large amounts of liquor at the Total Wine and Beverage and uh, transporting it to our cabin in West Virginia? (laughs) Exactly, our next bootlegging run. Instantly, both officers jumped into their car. But there was a short delay before their motor responded to Johnson's excited efforts to start it, and they turned it into the road and gave chase to the fleeing car. Go grease lightning, you're heading down the corner of a mile. Grease lightning, go grease lightning. The chicks will do something. According I don't. To they're not going to do sure. that, Rob. It's, I'm not sure what it is. What was that again? No, Alan? they're just going to um, politely say hi to the boys. Ah, in, in, in the middle school version of that, it's scream. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they could dream peacefully. <laughs> that would be. That's the Catholic school version. 
the the Catholic school version of Greece is, of course, fourteen minutes long. Yeah, I think the at the end the car ascends to heaven. Oh wait, that's how it does end. Yeah. Huh. Straight down the road, unmindful of sand, ruts, bumps, or anything save the fling automobile, Johnson drove at top speed. A breathtaking 16 miles per hour. 100% pure adrenaline. <laughs> Suddenly, one of the figures in the car head turned, and an instant later, Morgan heard a ripping sound behind him. Looking back to ascertain the cause, he saw a long, irregular gash in the upholstering of the tonneau. An instant later, he ducked as the vicious whine of another bullet could be heard above the roar of the motor. He hates this tonneau! Stay away from the tonneau! Ladies and gentlemen, a jerk reference. <laughs> I can do a lot of jerk references. Wait, no. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, a reference from the jerk is probably a better way to state that. Yes, it is. They must have the goods, he remarked to Johnson, who was driving, or they wouldn't be trying to shoot us up. Clearly the brains of the operation. Looks that way to me, was the reply of Johnson, giving the wheel a twist as the car hit a bit of sandy road and skidded dangerously. Better shoot them up a little, Morgan, and see what they think of it. Well, I don't think they'll like it one bit, mister. No, sir. <laughs> Morgan promptly brought his gun to bear and the automatic popped like a small machine gun, without, however, any effect upon the car ahead, or its occupants, except an increase in speed. Bullets! How many times have I told you we need bullets? Oh, oh, right. I went down to Woolworths, and uh, all they had was uh, cap guns, but I thought if I put enough of them in... <laughs> if we had a real car instead of this old bus, said Johnson... We might be able to do something to these booze peddlers besides throw a scare into them. It'd help a lot. This old car couldn't even make it interesting for a turtle. That's it. We'll hide inside a giant wooden turtle. And the bootleggers will be all like, What's this big turtle doing on the side of the road? Let's get a picture with it. And when they get close, we'll pop out and arrest them. Oh, jeez. Johnson, I don't, uh... Come on, we could try it. Uh, we... let's, uh... I've already bought the shell. I'm, I'm gonna take the lieutenant exam, and I just think that maybe... Maybe it's time we found different partners. Morgan. Morgan took another shot at the fugitives in order to relieve his ruffled feelings. It just feels good. He can't explain why. So the two cars roared madly on, the black touring car gradually drawing away from the officers. Suddenly the car ahead raced around a curve in the road and was out of sight for a few seconds. When the officers reached a spot where the fleeing car was again visible, they saw far ahead a little dust cloud in the road. No, no, Pigpen, get off the road! Oh, no, that <laughs> was a very sad strip. <laughs> There's Bill, they both exclaimed at the same instant. I hope these fellows don't hit him, said Johnson. Oh, come on, Johnson. Be honest with yourself. Doesn't a small part of you hope they do? Just a smidge? I would never, ever think that I sh would admit that that <laughs> possibly uh, rampantly uh, racing thoughts in my head about that. <laughs> 
All right. You can fool yourself, Johnson, but you can't fool us. There'll be three new faces in heaven if they do, answered Morgan. I'm afraid, though, that heaven be too quiet for Bill. And clean. And they won't let you spit on the floor. You know, let's face it. Bill's made for hell. Are you kidding me? That's all heaven is. Spittoons as far as the eye can see. <laughs> oh, it is heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's heaven, I guess. Oh. Anyhow, if that car hits Bill, somebody's going to get an awful surprise. Both officers, with their eyes fixed on the two conveyances, awaited the collision, which seemed inevitable. The suspense is killing me. I hope it lasts. (laughs) Cruel. A few seconds later, when it was apparent that the fleeing automobile had overtaken the shooter, there was a swirl of dust which completely hid both the shooter's rig and the touring car. You hit him, exclaimed Johnson tensely under his breath. We're never going to be able to skim any of that booze off the top now. Well, I mean, I guess you could kind of take your chances. (laughs) It gives it a little extra bite when there's a little nitro in the liquor. The knuckles of Morgan's hands showed white. As he instinctively clenched his hands, awaiting the shock of the expected explosion. None came, however, and as they cautiously approached the two now stationary vehicles they saw, through the dust which was rapidly drifting to windward under the influence of a slight breeze, old Bill's rickety wagon, standing in an acute angle in the ditch at the side of the road and threatening to tip over at any moment. Well, Alan, it, it might, have been a, might have been a mildly adorable angle, but... I don't know if I'd call it a cute one. Is that is that obtuse enough for you? Ah, oh, dad jokes. You don't have a you don't have an amazing side angle side a joke to blow me away. I uh, I failed geometry. Couldn't make a joke about a cosine on the loan for that uh, wagon. Couldn't invent just something funny with the word isosceles, Rob. Just Urban Dictionary it. Its red flag was idly flapping in the breeze. And Bill, who was wedged in between the shafts of his wagon and the rearmost portion of his horse, was using an apparently unlimited vocabulary of profane remarks addressed to the occupants of the big touring car, which remarks were apparently in no manner interfered with by reason of his rather uncomfortable position. He's literally rammed into a horse's ass. Let the guy give off some steam, okay? Listen, Rob, it's in trying times like being literally rammed into a horse's ass that uh, we show our true personality. And if we can't be reasoned and measured in times of strife and trouble, like when we're literally rammed into a horse's ass, then what good is any of it? It's noble of you, Alan. Very noble. The horse was tentatively nibbling at a wisp of grass, and Bill's dog was lying in the slender shade of a fence post, seeming to be waiting for Bill to finish his remarks. My boss, he's filthy and he loves his cussing. It's a living. Dog makes a brief aside. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) As to the two occupants of the automobile, which had evidently been thrown off the road by a deep rut, both were quietly sitting in their car with the driver with his hands resting on the steering wheel. 
gently grasping it at 10 and 2, as all bootlegging drivers are very careful to do. <laughs> oh, you, you, you took a bootlegger's ed, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it costs a little extra, but you make it up on the insurance later. Yeah, well, no, I mean, for me, it was, uh, I got my temporary bootlegger permit, and then I was only allowed to bootleg with someone else in the car. <laughs> it, it's a good idea. Anyway, the first year they make you bootleg uh, with a, someone over 21 anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and you could only uh, bootleg on your way from one distillery to another. Like, you couldn't just bootleg anywhere. Yeah, and yeah, there no bootlegging after nine o'clock. Oh no, you definitely couldn't bootleg after nine o'clock. If they caught you, then you'd have to retake the bootleggers' written test. Which <laughs> let let me tell you, uh, very obscure questions on that. I couldn't believe all the questions about driving boats. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the other was wiping blood from his face which was rather badly gashed. The car's windshield was shattered, and the front axle bent, and the headlights twisted, giving the machine a curiously cross-eyed appearance. Oh, it's Mr. T, the lovable Model T, who comes to life and helped people find love in silent movies. I like the one where he, he goes bananas and then busts several car manufacturing unions. Uh. My mother, the strike breaker. No, because then, then it's not clear that she's a car. Um, I want the audience to know that's why I didn't make a my mother the car <laughs> reference. <laughs> it's important it's that they know that. Is is if I imply that she was uh, a strike breaker that broke up manufacturing unions, I, I wouldn't have the ability to reference the fact that she was a car. What if you like the one where he goes to Monte Carlo and falls in love with an elderly woman who had become a car? Johnson stopped his machine and both alighted. Morgan approached the two men in the wrecked auto, carrying his gun in his hand, ready for an emergency. Johnson went to the assistance of Bill. You ain't hurt, are you, Bill? He inquired. Hopefully. <laughs> no, I ain't hurt said Bill after directing the last scathing flow of profanity at the two liquor runners. But it ain't them ornery whelps' fault that I ain't all blowed up. Okay, celebrities, uh, here it comes. Dumb Dora is so dumb. Yep. Dumb Dora is so dumb. How dumb is she? How dumb is she? I'm sorry, what? How dumb is she? <laughs> Couldn't quite hear that. How dumb is she? How dumb is she? What was that? How dumb is she? <laughs> she said, it's a good thing I ain't all blowed to blank. Okay. Dumb door. Okay. okay. All right. We're going to go to Nipsey Russell for the first answer. Nipsey. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. kidding me <laughs> Dumb Dora explored her way down to hell it ain't so fancy but lord does it smell 
Nipsey, you've done it again. <laughs> America's Poet Laureate. Let me help you out, Alfred Johnson. I guess you ain't heard or you couldn't swear like that. Oh, clearly this man has never stepped on a Lego. <laughs> I've invented a few words. Um, I should uh, go on the Very Bad Words podcast. Uh, yeah, you know, I agree. You can isosceles right off, Rob. <laughs> I'm gifted that away, stated Bill modestly. As with the officer's aid, he untangled himself from his horse and dusted himself off. You can dust yourself off, Bill, but you'll never get the shame of ramming into horse butt off of you. Eventually, you'll just become a western, a legend of the old west. Um, <laughs> just a tale we tell about what he did in the tale. Bill, who wore the horse for a hat. Then, taking a greasy-looking plug of tobacco from his hip pocket, he bit off a huge chew, looked himself over, spat a couple of times, and asserted, I guess I'm okay now. Let's go and look him over. Because of the accident, I'm claiming finders keepers on these bootleggers. One will be my butler. <laughs> it's kind of a show about nothing, but it's also about that guy being my butler. <laughs> And the two crossed the intervening space. Morgan had, in the meantime, searched the two men and collected what weapons he found. A pair of ugly-looking revolvers. And was investigating the contents of the tonneau. You know, I, I don't know the exact model, but to know that car is to love that car. Thank you! Pontiac Aztec, huh? <laughs> Thank you! They sure had a load, he remarked to Bill and Johnson as they approached. They're loaded to the guards with booze. Back seats were filled with booze. The trunks were full of booze. The bumpers were filled with bruise. The tires were filled with booze. Oddly enough, the glove compartment filled with nutter butters. It's a road trip. You gotta have snacks. <laughs> Can't just drink out of the tire and not have something to nosh on. Bill solemnly said Johnson. If they'd hit you, you'd sure have gone somewhere in good spirits. Uh Get it? Spirits? Oh, Johnson. You should have a badge for tickling ribs, my friend. They give badges for that, right? Well, I mean, they deputize people for it. I guess if they did a good enough job, you know, either rounding up people uh, to get their ribs tickled or... Let's move on. Ain't it the truth, agreed Bill with a cheerful grin. But wouldn't it have been... Of a note if I'd been blowed off the map on my last trip. Right before retiring to a sad, scorpion-filled shack in Arizona. It really would have been a shame. A shame. Wouldn't it now? There wouldn't have been any funeral expenses anyhow, pointed out Morgan. Bill made no reply. Mm. 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 I don't take kindly to them words. Mm. 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 Hey, listen, Morgan, there's only room for one rib tickler in this outfit. <laughs> and he's riding shotgun. You're just learning the beat. You can't go off tickling ribs on your own like that. <laughs> gotta learn how to tickle ribs. You gotta learn to use a phone book to tickle the ribs sometimes. Doesn't leave a mark. Morgan and Johnson now proceeded to examine the wrecked car but it was obvious that it would not be moved without assistance from the nearest town. 
so they turned their attention to the men in the car. You guys sure are in bad, remarked Morgan. Look at our car. Even the Blues Brothers wouldn't buy this thing now. <laughs> he pointed to the torn gash in the upholstering, marking the path of the bullet. Came all the near to getting one of us. You surely wouldn't have got us if it hadn't been for that shooter, retorted one in a surly tone. All right, once again, celebrities, uh, dumb okay. Dora is so dumb. Oh, no, machine. She's so dumb. How oh, dumb is she? She said, you surely wouldn't have got us if it hadn't been for that blank shooter. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, Brett Summers. Um, you, d you can't see the glasses. Uh, it's. The glasses are spot on. It just it doesn't translate well over radio here. <laughs> radio. Oh, we're we're being broadcast live on a shoutcast on uh, my Winamp station. I think we're uh, we're at a college radio station that you can't get in the dorms for some reason. But uh, you know, if you can listen in the parking lot, it's pretty great. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't have a, you know what I don't have to go to. Uh... Hello, it's. It's Joanne Woolley. <laughs> Thank you, Joanne. You're welcome. I just got a glimpse of that red flag through the dust and turned out to give him a wide berth and hit that rut. If it hadn't been for that, you never would have caught us. I guess that's right, agreed Johnson. You sure have a peach of a car. Yep, and now it's the pits. Oh, Alan, I've just oh, got the sillies today. Oh, Johnson's rubbing <laughs> off on you. She'll do 80 if you open her up, said the driver. I ain't never had the nerve to hold her wide open yet. No, they just, uh, no, it's just, uh, yeah. comedians in cars, uh, getting bootleg moonshine. It's just casual conversations of the about to be arrested. Yeah. Well, let's get going, Morgan suggested. You two fellers, speaking to the liquor runners, get in the back of our car, which they accordingly did. This is the most agreeable arrest ever. These guys just can't wait for prison. Well, it's like a Def Jam comedy tour in that uh, place. <laughs> Bill, turning to the shooter, you sure we're in the right spot at the right time? You need help to get going again? Bill squinted at his wagon. Nope, he announced. I can get going, all right. All right, was the response. So long, old scout. Uh, and a cheerio to you, old sport. A cheerio to you. A cheerio and a right-o and a left-o and a... Got nothing else for you British folks. Both the officers climbed into their car and proceeded down the road with Morgan sitting where he could keep an eye upon the two prisoners. I, I call the back seat in the middle with my feet on the hump. I, I like the hump. I love the hump. I'm the hump guy. <laughs> so long, said Bill. He turned toward his wagon, grasped his horse's bridle, and by careful maneuvering soon had his wagon back in the road. On the road again. I just can't wait to get on the dusty, miserable, and possibly explosive road again.
I feel like you were planning to go full Willy, and then you were like, no, nah, I'm going to be late-era storyteller Willy. That's the Willy I know. Just kind of talking his way through the songs. Yeah. Letting Trigger do its magic. I'm going to invite, you know, 17 people up on stage to sing with me because I can barely stand. <laughs> Listen, if if Snoop is telling you to cut back, then you know, <laughs> you know it's time. He then climbed up, seated himself, whistled for his dog, who jumped up beside him, cracked his whip over the horse's back, and remarked, Giddy up, y'all, eh, burner? And was once more on his way. Lying in the ditch under a small shrub where it had fallen from Bill's wagon, a bright tin can glistened in the sunshine. Oh, the gods must be crazy. The rear wheel of the wagon had passed over it, causing its contents to leak out slowly and moisten the little patch of earth beneath. The can bore the label nitroglycerin, but the odor of its contents was that of Kentucky bourbon. Oh, that's our bill. That's our bill. Bootlegs very, very slowly. Switcheroo. The end. Well, Rob, that was a twist of a car chase of a story. Yeah. Bill was a bootlegger the whole time. The whole time. This actually gets to my moral of the story. Okay. All right. I'd love to hear your moral, Rob. Well, you see, my moral of the story is it's good to play the long game. You know, fail out of school, bum around for a while, go through a couple failed marriages, become a, a... hobo on the rails doing odd jobs until you you find a gig in an impossibly dangerous job out west you do that for a couple of decades and so then you have the perfect excuse to become a bootlegger without anyone knowing that's the dedication of the long con okay Uh, i think my moral would be if the cops leave a car full of booze and you're a bootlegger take the booze with you Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I think we've had our time in the Old West, that dusty road from Cheyenne down to Denver, the old two-lane highway pass gets iced over, nobody can go through it, and there's literally no way to get between them. Uh, So we had our little trip, and we went slowly, and we didn't take any chances, and we retired. So, I guess we won't see you next week, but you, the, what you could check anyways to see if we're back next week for another Interrupted. And so, one town's brief flirtation with Prohibition ended in a joyous remarriage to Lady Liquor. And to you, I say... To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Tail.